Hello, listeners, and welcome to the first episode of 2022's Top 10 Right Now podcast series presented by the writers at Diamond Digest. I'm your host for this series, Sean Huff, and today I'm joined by Ethan Fisher and Diego Franco Carreno. On this inaugural episode, we'll be counting down the top 10 catchers in Major League Baseball, as decided on by roughly two dozen of the Diamond Digest staff members, as well as discussing the position as a whole and revealing our own lists. So, Diego, Ethan, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. Uh, it's, uh, it's good to actually have some baseball content to talk about. So this is it's a nice little change of pace. <laughs> We're currently um, day. Oh, you can't see it. I've been counting down the day at sixty-nine. In case anyone was wondering. <laughs> Thank you for that. Case <laughs> anyone was curious. So before we get into the list itself, I just wanted to ask you guys something, uh, and I'm wondering this with every position we do. How did you guys feel about this position as a whole? Like, did you think it was an interesting group of guys to rank? Did you think it was boring? Like, was it really hard after the top couple? Or were there a bunch more guys you wanted to get on your list? Um, I think, uh, for me at least, I think catchers, I mean, catchers have always been viewed as kind of a weak position as a whole, especially offensively. There's a lot of talent in each and every catcher in the major leagues because catching's tough. So there's a lot when you catchers. I think after the first couple, it's like, well, what do you value more? Defense? So it's definitely interesting going one to ten because at least in my mind, there's like one, two, and after that, it's just like it's. Yeah, I definitely agree that it um, it was a little bit of a drop off after that top tier. Um, and catching differently from other positions, just the defense is just a lot more important and it takes a lot more to be a good defensive catcher than it is to play defense to any other position. And with that being said, the offense isn't really as important. You have more leeway if you're a bad hitter, but you're a good catcher, but at the same time, you still have to hit well enough to be able to you know, be rostered in the major leagues. So for me, it was just, you know, finding the balance between how much you value the offense and the defense. So with that being said, I have one more question for you guys. Would it surprise you that catchers as a whole produced their highest war since 2014 in 2021? Hmm. Does not surprise me. So overall, this is a bit of a stronger group of catchers than we've had before. And because of that, we're going to talk about the guys that just missed the list before we actually do the top 10. So in alphabetical order, the three guys who were very close to making our list were... Travis Darnot, Omar Narvaez, and Tyler Stevenson. Does either of you two have any strong feelings about any of these guys not making the list? I'll say that um, I I did have one of them on my list. Um, I'm not going to spoil it just yet. I did too. <laughs> I, I did have one of them on my list. Um, my uh, concern with Travis Darno 
um, his OPS dropped a ton. He went from 919 to 671. And so I'm starting to wonder if maybe that 2020 season was an outlier for him since we hadn't really seen anything like that before. And he he didn't come close to replicating that. Um, Narvaez, the thing with Narvaez is he was a dreadful defensive catcher until he made it to Milwaukee. And he has been surprisingly solid defensively while being like basically a league average hitter his entire career. And like we kind of alluded to earlier, being a league average hitter as a catcher means a lot more. It's elite hitting for a catcher. Value. Right. And then uh, Tyler Stevenson, um, I definitely think he's more of a wild card. Um, his his uh, his offensive peripherals aren't fantastic. The strikeout to walk numbers are pretty solid, but he's, there's not a lot of loud contact there. But he plays uh, his home games in the old uh, Great American Small Park, where I think there's a lot of room for that power to grow. So if that does happen for him, I think he's going to start to shoot up this list. And I think with the Reds trading Tucker Barnhart, like right at the beginning of the offseason signaled that they're going to give him every shot to get as much playing time as possible. That's their guy. Also on my list. Um, but as far as all three of them are concerned, I think Ethan kind of uh, 2020, fantastic, awesome. There's a little bit more concern now after the 2021 season. Next year, Tim's going to be really well in. Uh, Narvaez, I like him a lot. I think he's pretty solid defensively. It's like, Ethan said league average, but league average is elite when it comes to catchers hitting. And um, Stevenson, I like him a lot as um, one of the young catchers in the game right now. And I think he's going to be good next year. I think he's going to firmly supplant himself into um, these top 10 lists for catchers. Like, you have to six and higher next year, but not, not quite yet for me. Yeah, I don't have much to add there. Darno took a big step back. He still hits the ball hard, so maybe there's something in the tank. Uh, Narvaez has been baseball's best framer the past two years, even though he was just atrocious with the Mariners. And yeah, Stevenson looks like a good young player. He was a rookie of the year down ballot contender this year, and hoping more playing time makes him even better next year. And I will say one of them did make my list. I won't say which one right now. But on that note, let's get into the list. So at number 10, we have newly acquired Miami Marlin Jacob Stallings. Stallings is entering his age 32 season, and he's not a superstar. But over 570 combined plate appearances from 2020 and 2021, he posted 3.6 war. That's F4. I'm only going to be using F4 this episode That's because true. it incorporates framing. Uh, and he's had a 94 WRC plus, which is also pretty good for a catcher. Catchers over that span had an average of an 89. He's a good framer. He had plus two runs extra strikes. That's the stat cast version of framing each of the past two seasons. And the big draw for him he had 21 defensive runs saved in 2021, which was the most of any player in baseball. He won a gold glove for that. He is very likely the best defensive catcher in the league right now. So given that catcher is mainly a defensive position, 
Are we okay with the best defensive catcher coming in at number 10? I mean, he's the former Pirate, and I think the Pirates fan, fan knows more about him. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I definitely could go for a while uh, on how much I like Jacob Stallings. Yeah, I was really excited to be able to do one of these lists and actually rank a Pirate, and then they traded him like three former days pirate. later. <laughs> so I was really bummed. Um, it's like okay. We'll, said, we'll have you back when we do uh, center field. There's a big pirate yeah, there. There is. He, uh, we should have a third baseman in the top ten list too. Oh, hey, no, he's on my list. Good. <laughs> I believe he's um, on my list. <laughs> um, but Stallings' impact of behind the plate, like you said, he led the major leagues in defensive runs saved, and he did so by playing 400 fewer innings in the field than the number two guy which was uh, Carlos Correa, wow. and he had nine more defensive runs saved than the number two catcher, which was Austin Hedges. Crazy. And uh, I, have a, I have a pretty in- incredible uh, Jacob Stallings uh, stat here. You know when the last time Jacob Stallings allowed a pass ball? 2017. It's not that crazy. Okay. It was, August, <laughs> it was August 14th. August 14th of 2020, which was 133 games consecutively without allowing a pass ball. And the Pirates, the last two years, the the, the Pirates set the Major League record by going 193 consecutive games as a team without a pass ball. Yeah. Imagine not having a pass ball with Mitch Keller. Right. And he was one of the more accomplished pitchers on that staff. Yeah. Um, but that That's just goes to, you know, say how, how good of a defender Stallings really is. And one of the things that uh, also separates catchers is uh, there's the intangibles that you can't really, you know, measure, but that what's mentally what separates the good catchers and the great catchers. And I think Stallings has that. And um, the pirates uh, pitchers who, have been working with in the last couple of years. Uh, they've had the highest possible praise for Stallings and how how good he was to work with and how helpful he was for them. And I think if he has the same impact with that uh, staff in Miami, oh, it's I think be it could crazy. be it could be ridiculous. Sandy um, Alcantara gets to work with him. Yeah, I think we Victor Sanchez when he comes back. Yep. Yeah. If he has that same kind of impact on that staff, I think we could see the Marlins. You know, kind of being this year's Giants. Maybe not 107 wins good, but from Probably being not, a preseason. But, but a contender. But, right, a preseason yeah, absolutely. to sneak into the playoffs. I absolutely think they could, and I think you would have a big part in doing that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else we can possibly add with Stallings when we have a Pirates fan on. <laughs> I just really like oh, him. Man. I'm a big, big Jacob Stallings fan. He's when really he, good. I moved to Miami, the move to Miami, I was excited. Miami's going to be – I hope so good. They're an exciting team. I'm really excited to see how they do. Now they just have to sign Korea. Yeah, honestly, it'd be it would do something. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. So we're all pretty in sync with Stallings here. We have him on our top tens, but towards the bottom, it sounds like. So now we'll go to the more controversial guy on the list. <sighs> I don't want to do this out. one. <laughs> At number nine, we have Salvador Perez. It's a crime that he's above Stallings. It's a crime that he's on the list. I'm going to become the Joker. That's true. (laughs) 
but Perez, Perez has been a good catcher, or depending on how you think of it, at least a catcher for a decade now. <laughs> <laughs> and he indisputably did just have his best season. He had a 134 WRC plus the past two years. He had 59 homers over that span. That was the most in MLB, tied with Vlad Guerrero. And the homers are the big thing for him. We all know he just broke the single-season catcher record. But as a catcher, he's terrible. He had negative 19 framing runs in 2021. That was the worst by far. Uh, he had minus 5 DRS. The defense is terrible. The bat is really powerful but he also doesn't walk even a little. He had the fifth lowest walk rate among qualifiers in 2021. So here's my question with Perez. What do we do with him? He's, he's a catcher who's a DH. He can't Force catch. Him to retire. <laughs> I, I mean, he's not... Okay, I'll say this. He, he did well enough to somehow make it onto our top 10, yes. He's not on my top ten. In my top ten, Perez in my top ten because his like we mentioned kind of like at the beginning, uh, defense is in uh, Perez is allergic to defense, so it's it, the ball well, and to a fan of the game that isn't super like inclined to. You know, learn more about like sabermetrics and defensive statistics and all that kind of stuff. They're like, oh yeah, Salvador Perez, he's clearly the best because he hit the ball far many, many times. <laughs> Thank you. But, but man, sure, nine, okay, yeah. I don't he's not like a catcher. Royals fan. Yeah. A resident Royals fan wouldn't put him in his top ten. It's I hope not. <laughs> I am more <laughs> Yeah, he should he should not be yeah. catching next year with with MJ Melendez coming up. Perez should be at DH. Melendez should be catching. He'd be like he hits well. He'd be just, a fine DH. Yeah, just get him out. Of, get him out of the squad. Like, don't. Yes, I think it's really funny that we're talking so badly about a catcher who has won five Gold Gloves. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. That I agree. I think it's funny. Yeah, how, how many gold gloves did Jeter win? Exactly. <laughs> I know it's it the cool nothing. thing to hate on Jeter, but you guys want to hear my Salvador Perez stat? Yes. He yeah. walked. Tw he walked twenty-eight times all of last year. Is this the one Soto <laughs> stat? Yeah. He walked twenty-eight times last year, which was a career high, and Juan Soto walked thirty-five <laughs> times in September. Man, that's funny. That's funny. I can't. I can't wait till we get to the Juan Soto list. I, I can't wait to just talk about Ted Williams. <laughs> the funny thing is, like when Salvador, like all these guys, are gonna be like, "Oh my god, he was like so good. He's gonna get into the Hall of Fame somehow." And it's <sighs> atrocious. Yeah, let's let's just be done with Salvi. Let's not talk about him again. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's let's go on to a good a better catcher. And number Anybody eight else in the league. Yeah. Number eight, we have kind of Salvi Light. We have Wilson Contreras, who Salvi Light. <laughs> hits the ball hard. 
he's a still a good hitter for the position. He's not the superstar he once was, but 109 WRC plus the past two seasons. That's way above the catcher average. He plays a lot. He has 708 plate appearances, I believe, the past two seasons combined. And he's not a bad defender anymore. He had eight DRS in 2021, and he was only one run below average framing. So he's pretty solid all around at this point. Now, he's not that young anymore. He's going into his age 30 season. But for a catcher, that's not bad. So eight. That Does that make sense to you guys? Don't hate it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fair. I think I think I had him a little higher, but eight. I have no issue with that. Yeah, I have no issue with eight. Um, I think that although he has improved his defense over the last couple of seasons, I think the Cubs still are going to be more careful with him and try to find different ways to get his bat into the lineup without, you know, having him behind the plate all the time. I think that the universal DH, I think, is going to help with that. Oh, Um, yeah. And Contreras, um, he has more defensive versatility than most of the guys on this list. He's played some first base, he's played some outfield. And I don't think he did much of that last year, but he has done that in the past, and I don't think that should be off the table, especially you know, with the roster the Cubs have now. It's not like they have studs at all those positions anymore. And I also think that with, um, with the Cubs signing Jan Gomes to be their backup catcher, who's not your typical you know, backup catcher, you just trot out there twice a week because you have to. Yeah, Young Gomes is pretty good. I think uh, they're definitely trying to keep Contreras' legs fresh while still keeping his bat in the lineup as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, I like Contreras. Like you had mentioned, like he's he's just a solid catcher. Like he's not he's like fine defensively, like not atrocious. Like as long as I think being fine as a catcher, like okay within the realm of catchers, like. Really ask for it from certain teams, especially a team like the Cubs right now. Um, and his bats are there. anymore, but 30s don't make atrociously old or anything. Like he'll get his at bats, he'll produce offensively. If it continues to improve, he'll be above league average, not by much, but above league average. Uh, and so I think sounds good to me. I had him a little lower in my rankings, but I did rank him so. Yeah, this is this is about where I had it too. I'm with you guys. He's a good player. He's nothing. He's not a star. He's not overly special, but he's a good hitter. He's a decent defender, and yeah, he's a good player. Now, moving up, we have the first of the really, really good players at the position. This is definitely the start of a new tier, and this is someone who. At least two of us ranked a lot higher. Number seven, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy was only 26 in 2021, and that's a time when he should have been peaking. But instead, he was injured and had medical conditions. That inhibited him. He chased a lot more. His walk rate cratered. His Babbitt and exit velocity were career lows. So his offense slid. He went down to 99 WRC+. Still 10 points better than the average catcher, but just below league average and not up to where he had been. But he was still plus eight framing, savant framing at least. So he And he's still young. He's probably going to hit better next year than he did this year with the injuries behind him. 
Why are we so low on him? I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like Sean Murphy a lot because he's, what, he's going to be 27 this next season, right? He'll be 27. That's, yeah. I mean, he should theoretically be entering his, like, his peak years, like you just mentioned. And already being, like, I see he's pretty solid all around. And I know a lot of guys are pretty low on him. A lot of people are really low on him. Uh, but I think that he's, like, the guy, the next, like, you know, guy to lead the generation of catchers coming up. Uh, that aren't, you know, like, Rutschman and uh, the big, big names. But, like, the, that in-between in between generation, I'd say. But I think in Oakland especially for now, like, they – I still don't win this – Games you're out with what they have going all the time, but like they've got something going right, and I love I love watching Oakland A's baseball, and I love watching Sean Murphy. He's really good, and I can't wait and just continue to improve and become hopefully one of the elite catchers of our time. If he's not already, if he's not already, yeah, I definitely agree that Murphy has the chance to get into that top tier, although I don't think he's there yet. I think that um, a lot of the people who are lower on him just had higher expectations for him going into this year. And even though he played hurt for a lot of the year, just he didn't meet those expectations and some other guys did and they're higher on the list. Um, but I think that he's, especially at this, you know, position where the defense is so important his glove is really advanced for somebody who is as young as he is and honestly all he needs to do i think is just get the walk rate back up to where it was it was at like 17 percent in 2020 if he gets the walk rate just into the double digits even and everything yeah. else stays the same he's probably a top five catcher next year absolutely he's his skills are so good that he was just hurt and he had we know he had off-the-field medical problems. He can bounce back. He's going to be much higher on this list for years to come. Yes. If he goes back to his 2020 form, he's in that top tier of catchers for sure. Love Sean Murphy. I do too. <laughs> Let's go just outside the top five. We'll go to number six. And... Quite possibly the best catcher in baseball on a rate basis, Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver didn't slug 600 in 2021, but he still slugged over 500. 137 WRC plus for him, but it was only 243 plate appearances. And over the past three seasons combined, he only has 683 plate appearances. However... In that span, he slugged 546 with 46 home runs, a 135 WRC plus, and 5.9 total F4. And he's learned to frame now. He had positive three framing, according to Baseball Savant and StatCast, in 2021. When Garver's on the field, he might be the best catcher in baseball. Was it hard for you guys to rank Garver, given that his rate stats are so, so impressive, but he's just... He doesn't play more than half a season, or at least he hasn't. Um, I mean, I Garver's someone to me. Day and now, um, I don't get to catch a lot of Twins games, um, but when I do, it's always and he is playing. 
I I take note of him. Like he's noticeably a guy that you know he's he's a quality. I'd say his offense is there. Um, he leads off. Improving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like his defense is improving. So I mean, but like health for catchers is so important. This is like about where I had him in my list, I believe. Uh, so. I guess I'm with the general consensus of where I think Harvard could be and should be. Uh, I just want him to stay like with all players. I think it'd be kind of crazy to see what he can do in a, like with what he's doing already, being fully healthy just like all the time. Yeah, if, if he puts up 600 plate appearances, he's number one on this list. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, I'm definitely there too. Um, so after I made my list, I went – back and look because you mentioned that 5.9 f war yes since 2019 i went back and looked to see where that ranks among all catchers in that span and it actually was number six so i think this is a fair spot for that is exactly (laughs) good job everyone (laughs) so i think think we did all right here here. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but i i agree the uh the durability concerns definitely are startling, especially for a catcher who's already in his thirties and has never caught more than 86 games in a season. Yeah. yeah he's um, going to be, uh, he's going to be 31 next year. Yeah. He's probably going to have to DH if he's going to maintain this kind of offensive production. Yeah. Which isn't terrible. The, t- the mm-hmm. twins backup catcher is decent. Ryan Jeffer. Mm-hmm. What that's such a good baseball name. It really Ryan is. Ryan Jeffer. That's just a baseball. It's like those old time guys they talk about on Effectively Wild, and it's like Big Jeff Pfeffer or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, let's get into the top five now. And I'm so excited to talk about this guy. This is someone who's been elite on a rate basis for years, and he finally got a chance to play more than 250 plate appearances in 2021, although he was weirdly platooned with Kurt Suzuki. It is Max Stassi. Max Stassi had 319 plate appearances, a career high. Over his past two seasons, he has a 114 WRC plus over 424 plate appearances, which is very good for a catcher. He had six framing runs, in 2021, which on a rate basis was the best in baseball. And it's a really small sample, but he's long shown that he can produce. We're all in on him, right? I mean, I think so. I um, I think that uh, Stassi is essentially like Jacob Stallings, but a year younger and a better hitter. Um, they both... Yeah, he hits the ball harder. Mm-hmm. They both, it took them a long time to finally get their chance in the major leagues after just a couple really brief cameos over the course of a couple of years. But when they both finally got their chance, everyone was like, shoot, you know, this, this guy can play. This guy Ben. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I think um, there's not really one certain area of his game that worries me. Uh, maybe his strikeout rate was a little high. Yeah, it was thirty-two percent, thirty-two percent last year, and like twenty-nine percent for his career. 
but that's really it. He's really solid across the board, and he's really good defensively. I'm I have no issue with him being here at number five. Yeah, and before he got hurt, he was even better. He was I think, crushing the ball before he got hurt. Like that strikeout rate, something that you hope can improve with a little bit more playing time, getting more regular at bats, getting to see you know more movement, all that kind of stuff. So like I I was kind of low on him before kind of realizing, uh, like really looking at like this catcher pool and like making this list. Um, but he's he's just a solid solid catcher. Like it's good to see him actually uh, just getting his shot here and like. Anyone at Diamond Digest, our 7,000 Angels fans will tell you that uh, <laughs> Max Tassi is going to be elite this season. <laughs> okay. I hope so. I like elite catching is so fun to watch. So, like, yeah, and I, we're, I and we're all going to watch a ton of Angels games. Yeah, I will be watching Trout, Otani, and then by, you know, by proxy, you get Stassi too. But hopefully, he puts up the numbers of production that. Christian talks about nonstop. So like, <laughs> yeah, Chris, Christian ranked him in the top 10 last year. And I mean, sure. Yeah. All, right. All right. Let's That's go right for him. <laughs> let's go to the very edge of the elite guys at this position with maybe the most variable hitter in baseball. It's Mike Zanino. <laughs> Love and Mike Zanino so much. <laughs> Zanino basically rolled a pair of sixes last year and put up 4.5 F4 in 375 plate appearances. He only had a 301 on base, but he slugged 559. He had the highest barrel rate per plate appearance in MLB. He had a 134 WRC plus, plus six framing. He's last year he was legitimately great. Do we Elite. think he's going to be great again, or do That's we? Because uh, he's always oh, a wild card. I love Mike Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a big fan. I don't know why, but last year, like, like you said, like, are we going to strike gold again? I don't know. Maybe. I hope so. He can replicate the production, and you know, the Rays are the Rays, so they're going to figure out a way to either keep up the production or keep it up long enough to trade him and then he's going to be, like, not good. They're going to trade him for three relievers who throw 95. Yeah. Yeah. And then one that throws, like, 92 but also ends up having, like, a 0 ERA over, like, 40 <laughs> innings or something like that. Because it's the Rays. Zero 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 ERA, but he throws a gyro ball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like Zeno a lot. I think he can keep it up. I hope he keeps it up. I think this is his... I think this is what he can be consistently. And so I think I even ranked him, I think, personally on my list higher. So I, I like Sadino I like a lot. <laughs> I, I personally, I think that uh, 2021, that was probably his ceiling. It's hard I, to trust that somebody with that much variance in his game is going to be able to do that again. And he's a lot more susceptible to you know, dipping towards the lower end of that spectrum. Um, but Sean, when you said that a uh, Wilson Contreras was the Salvador Perez light, I think in a lot of ways, Mike Zanino is where they're both <laughs> Zanino's uh, had a defense. Yeah. Zanino's a good framer. Yeah. Um, at least offensively speaking, they're the low okay. on base and just rely on hitting a bunch of home runs. 
except Zunino only hits home runs, but he walks a lot. Yeah, Zunino um, had a career high walk rate last year. And he's still he's still really good defensively. He's had seven or more defensive runs saved in six different seasons. Um, and so that's you know what's allowed him to continue to get a lot of playing time despite having a 274 on base for his entire career. Yeah, it's um, not so amazing. Yeah. So I I don't expect him to do this again, but I still think he's a really, really valuable catcher. The yeah. defense. Yeah, the defense certainly raises his floor. I really hope he does this again, because if you gave him 100 more plate appearances at this rate, he is a down ballot MVP candidate. And he's really fun, and he is a good way to get three true outcomes haters angry. <laughs> That's fair. Oh yeah. Oh, elite catching is fun. Like, if you give me like a list of like, or no, if you tell ask me what position is the most fun to watch, like the elite of the elite at, I think catcher for me is straight up number two, like behind okay. uh, starting pitchers. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's get into the really elite tier here. Uh, the last three guys on this list all got first place votes from our writers. So at number three, getting five out of 25 first place votes, it is JT Realmuto. Realmuto was last year's number one, according to us. Last year, in fact, he was one vote away from being unanimous. Not to brag, but I was the only one who didn't vote for him last year. Is that a, why is that a brag? I think that's not a brag at all. I think it's a brag since we have him third this year. What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> But he was very good again in 2021. It was a pretty typical season for him. 4.4 F war, 108 WRC plus, four framing runs, five and a half base running runs. He's one of the best base runners in baseball. He's been an above average hitter every season since 2016. He's been an above average framer every season since 2017. He's going to be 31 next year, which, as we've already said, not young, but not super old for a catcher. So do we think it's just going to be more of the same? Do we think he has another level? Do we think he's going to decline? I mean, I think he's too low, for sure. Um, but Real Muta's showed nothing but consistency, both offensive and defensively. So there's no reason to believe he's going to slow down now besides the fact that he plays for the Phillies. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's his biggest hindrance is that he plays in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, that's the biggest issue with like Real Muto. Like, other than that, like, there's no reason to believe he's going to slow down. Like, like we've said, 31, not super young, not super old either yet. Like, I, the only thing that can really slow him down is like, the team around him and maybe like a nagging like hip injury or something. Like, but a healthy Mike or not Mike? What? Still, still caught up on Mike Zanino. I just want Zanino to be this high. I have Zanino at three in my ranking. I'll tell you that much. Nice. But but uh, a healthy JT Real Muto is one or two. Like what? I think one A one B is really more realistic for me. Like one A one B. JT Real Muto is just solid. Elite catching is fun to watch, and JT Real Muto is elite catching. And he's so fast. He is. Speed. He is actually Lightning McQueen. Um, that's just <laughs> you can hear a little Kurt Chow every time he hits the ball. Oh, yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> I think that what separates uh, Real Muto from from everyone else, um, we talked about how a lot of these guys are high variance. You know, they're either on one end of the spectrum or the other. For uh, with JT Romito, you know what you're getting, and it's been consistent and it's been really good for years and years and years. Um, on both uh, offensively and defensively, a defensive run saved isn't as high on Real Muto. Uh, he was an even zero last year, a minus one the year before, and a minus four um, over the course of his whole career, at least according to baseball reference. Um, but if you uh, look at the uh, baseball prospectus, uh, like the advanced catching uh, statistics that they have on there, um, they had him as the best framer, the best pitch blocker, and one of the best at preventing stolen bases among yeah, all he, catchers. He's last got a year. cannon of an arm. Yeah. So he. So he provides a ton of value defensively. Um, yeah, I, I have no problem with him being this high. I think he's going to continue to be really good for a while. It's too low. Too low. Well, we're going to see who's above him. Because number two, getting nine first place votes. If the Real Muto banner will leave the screen so I can change it. That would be helpful. It would. Number two is... Will Smith of the Dodgers. Will Smith gets a bit of a bad rep for As his defense. He he's, not a, he's not a bad defender. He had plus two framing runs in 2021. He had plus two framing runs in 2019 as well. He was negative in the shortened season. He had five defensive runs saved last year. But that's not what anyone cares about with, with Will Smith. When you're talking about him, you want to talk about the bat. And across 834 career plate appearances, he's slashing 262, 365, 527. That's a 135 WRC+. plus. That's first among all catchers since his debut. It's 20th among all hitters. He has, he had, excuse me, 4.6 F war in 2021. He seems to be the heir apparent to when the older guys on this list slow down a little. He... Our writers think he might not even just be the heir apparent with him getting almost as many first place votes as the number one guy. So that being said, he got nine first place votes. He also <laughs> ranked as low as fifth on some lists. That was my list. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you that can go awesome. first. Why why are you low on Will Smith? I like I mean, I just don't want to praise Dodgers ever. I'll be straight up. <laughs> but like Will Smith I so I'll, I'll go over a little bit more when I do, we do show like our full rankings and stuff. But um, like you said, like the defense isn't what I mean. It's not terrible. It's not bad. It's like okay. It's fine. Um, but it's the offense that everyone's like enamored with, and I've never been someone to be completely enamored with offense as much as like I think the more common fan. And Will Smith is like having to play him every year like so much like as a Giants fan I hate watching him come up to the plate because I know he's going to hit a double down the line but it be at 110 miles an hour like 42 like because he's done both like and so there are other guys that I would rather have on my team than Will Smith like as far as catching goes as far as his bat like elite of the elite as far as catchers go and even like as far as baseball players go but I think I value the catching a little bit more, like the defensive catching a little bit more 
than the bat. So I had him a lot lower. Not, I mean, I got him at five, which is the lowest, I'm sure, by far, as most people did. But it's the pleasure versus the, the defense isn't like amazing. Uh, so, yeah. So, here, so here's my question. Or uh, actually, no, I'll, I'll get into it when we show our lists. Yeah, I was um, not quite as harsh as Diego was. I didn't have the, uh, I mean, I hate the Dodgers, but my anti-Dodgers bias isn't quite that strong. Um, and I don't mean to, if this uh, Diego comes off as blasphemy, I do not intend that, and I apologize beforehand. But I think that w Will Smith is um, going to emerge into that, you know, Buster Posey kind of role of... Okay, I was going to be like, okay with what you were going to say until you said Buster Posey. I'm sorry. It's a compliment to Buster Posey. I understand that, but still. But also a compliment to Will Smith. I just, I think he's that good offensively and good enough defensively. I'm not as good a defender as Buster Posey. But I think just the offense is just so good. And he's still only 27, so there's room even to improve there. He's young. I think he's going to be the guy for a long time. Do you also yeah. talk about the fact that it looks like he's like 16? Oh, he absolutely does. <laughs> That's a good child. I want to congratulate both of you that we got through that entire segment without making a Fresh Prince joke. We did it. Yeah. And we didn't even make a joke about the other Will Smith either. We did I was not. going to. I was going, I was going to, to. to. I was going to say he's not even the best Will Smith in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go now to number one. There's only one big name player left at the position. Laz, I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> Laz, if you're still here, I'm sure you're thrilled to see, see this. Getting 11 of 25 first place votes. Yasmani Grandal. Grandal was injured for a lot of 2021, but he was just a monster when he played. He was first in walk rate, fourth in WRC+, third in on-base, seventh in ex-WOBA among all players with at least 300 plate appearances. No catcher has ever had a higher walk rate than Grandal did in a single season. And his framing is also elite. He was at zero the past year, but that is likely a result of him not playing much. Since the stat cast era began, Grandal is 23 framing runs above the second place guy, the second place guy being Buster Posey. And I have a nice trivia question for you here. Who do you think is the last catcher to put up a higher single season on base than Grandal did last year? Is it Posey? It is not. You have to go back a little farther. Is it Joe Maurer? 2009 Joe Maurer was the last guess. one. Oh, that was the year he like went ridiculous and won MVP, right? He went sicko mode. Yeah, sicko Joe, mode. Joe Maurer peak was the best hitting catcher of all time. Joe Maurer peak was, like I said, fun. Elite catching is fun to watch. Joe yeah. Maurer 2009 is like a prime example of that. Oh, yeah. So we don't have any problems with Grendel number one, right? He, he rakes, he walks a ton, he hits for power, he frames. I know a lot of White Sox fans hate his pitch calling and his plate or his ball blocking, but. Who cares? He had a 159 WRC plus. You know why we like Yasmani Grandal? Because he gets on base. He gets on base. He gets on base. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And it's true. Like, 
he's Yasmani Grandal is he's just a monster like at the position and like I think injuries slow him down a little bit but like like last season even with all the injuries when he played he played like really good like really well he was a fantastic like catcher like he's everything you want to catcher in today's game I feel like like a catcher that can get on base whether that be a walk a hit or whatever like that's that's all you can ask for really from any team especially with the White Sox with how much like talent they do have like up I think he him getting on base is already like because he gets on base at an elite level like you know but and then he's been like he's been good he's a good defender like I don't know too much about his like pitch calling and all that but like the as far as I've realized or noticed really I'm pretty sure the white pitching staff's pretty solid and I've never like really questioned his pitch calling or anything like that uh, until you just mentioned it now. Now I'm going to think about watching any White Sox game. But like, I think it's been fine. I'm also not a White Sox fan. Yeah, uh, Yasmani Grandal, I think he should be number one. I've had him number one. He's just he's good, good catching. Going back to uh, the offense there, I – I just was really enamored watching a guy whose walk rate was like almost tripled the league average and him doing that over the course of a season. So good. I was, I was kind of bummed. (laughs) I was actually bummed that he, you know, turned his season around in the second half because I kind of wanted to see if he could actually, you know, maintain a league average season while hitting like 136. I did too. I did too. I'll I'll be honest. be the walk god we all want to see but uh, nonetheless uh what he did at the plate last season was really impressive um and now i actually have a yasmani grandal stat also um over the course of he is a catcher yes (laughs) over the course of all of major league history nobody has had as many plate appearances as he did in a season which was 375 last year with a batting average as low as his, which was 240, or and an OPS plus as high as his, which was 157. Nobody's That's ever crazy. done that. He's so only good. one only one other person has done it with even a hundred plate appearances in a season, and that was Charlie Keller in 1947. So fake Jeez. baseball. Fake baseball. <laughs> Not real. Yes. Doesn't exist. Yeah. That's insane. I love it. Love it. Right. Now that we've covered the whole list, I'm gonna put on screen our lists. As you do this, I just like I have no get up here because I want to slander just Sean for his ten. <laughs> as you as you get it up here. Yeah, I, f- I figured I'd get some slander on that one. And I will explain it. Like what is that? Rutschman at ten? I have an explanation. <laughs> then explain. So Rutschman is either gonna be like fourth or like twenty-eighth. It depends on how many plate appearances he gets. If he gets 500 plate appearances, if he doesn't stay down in the minors to <clears throat> work on his defense, he will be top five, and 10th will look silly for him. If he does stay down in the minors, then he will be like 25th, and 10th will look silly for him. But I needed to compromise that somehow, and I figured the best way to do it was to put him at 10. I think the best way to do him is put him at like, hope like you're not too far off in anything. 
I mean, that's fair. I guess I get I get the explanation. I get it, but no, yeah, I guess it's fine. Yeah, all right. At least it's not Bruce. <laughs> so here's here's my Will Smith question for you. If he continues to be a good defender, do you move him up the list? Maybe, probably. Uh, he could probably easily jump Zanino. Um, I'm just also just really high on Zanino. So, like, Zanino regresses and Smith get, decides to learn to play better defense. He'll probably jump that high. And if Murphy doesn't have a season, if he, like, if the injuries catch up to him too much, he'll probably be in my top three. I'm also just really high on Murphy as well. Um, I need a new catcher to be really high on now that Posey's retired. And so um, and, I've chosen Mike Zanino and Sean Murphy. <laughs> and side note, Posey was like number four on everyone's list before he retired, I assume. I mean, he's one in the standard by <laughs> This is one of like, oh, I got to turn around. Hold on. So uh, uh, this is the Mr. Posey's his, uh, foundation, his BP28. I got this hat like right when he, right, uh, right when he retired, and I wear it all the time. That is very cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're on sale in Fanatics. You get it for like 20 bucks, and like some of the money goes to um, pediatric cancer research. Yeah, that's what his foundation really is. That is very cool. Just looking through our lists, not much stands out. Uh, Diego and I are both really high on Sean Murphy. We've talked about that. We're all roughly the same on Mitch Garver. Everyone has Grandal really high. Everyone has Romero really high. Uh, everyone has Stallings. Everyone has Stasi. Uh, it kind of varies a little bit. Yeah, everyone has Contreras. Diego and I both have Narvaez. Do you want to yeah, talk about say, him a little more? Me or you? I was gonna ask why Ethan doesn't have Narvaez. He honestly, yeah. he was number he was number eleven for me. I just, I really I mean, I don't like him because he's an NL Central catcher, but I hate the Reds even more. I was gonna so, say I'm like wait, my default, so I also Stevenson? don't like Stevenson. I just <laughs> I just think that Stevenson, I think his bat's gonna play really well in that you know little league park. I almost put Stevenson at ten. Like I'll be honest, I had so. Stevenson. At and, and I also do hate Wilson Contreras and Yadier Molina. I hate them all. Yeah, I'm really glad to see that no one put Molina. I bet you Carson put him at one. <laughs> <laughs> Carson probably yeah. put him at one. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. With Narvaez, the the big thing with him is he hits the ball so softly, but he's demonstrated an ability to just get bloop singles all the time. Which hit it where they ain't. Yeah, that's a sustainable skill. He's almost like he's not Ichiro, but he's slow Ichiro. He's he's not Ichiro. Ichiro, Yeah, I mean I think there's nothing besides me obviously putting Smith at five. There's nothing like Super blasphemous about any of our lists, besides maybe the rush. Yeah, there's nothing but, really egregious here, except for uh, Perez making the top ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was talking our three list. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Perez in the top ten is ridiculous. It's terrible. It's bad it's for baseball. So believe bad. me, the catcher. Like, let's be honest here. It's not, yeah, not good. I had Perez at twelve, and I thought I was too high on him. I don't know. I think I also Perez. had him at twelve. Wouldn't be surprised if I had him like not even ranked. Like I don't know, I don't remember where I'm at. Um, I did like 15. So I will check the spreadsheet and see where you. Yeah, have if you want to check real quick, I don't think they ranked him. I might have ranked him at 15, but like the defense is so bad. 
And I remember at one point, uh, Rudy, a resident Royals fan, had mentioned uh, how um, Royals fans were upset about him not being happy because of what he did. I'm like, he's not good. He just hits the ball far. Yeah, you did not far. like him. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't like him. He's not great. Yeah. Like, a couple other guys I just wanted to mention real quick, get maybe like a one-sentence thought on. Danny Jansen's a really good framer. Jonah Himes a really good framer. Austin Nola had a bad season, but he had hit for two seasons before that. Yeah. Uh, Christian Vasquez has been a staple at the position for a long time. Gary Sanchez is controversial, but he's a big name. Yadi Molina is a huge name. No one has him on their list. Do we have thoughts okay. on any of them? Yadi Molina is bad. So is Gary Sanchez. Those are my thoughts. Also, <laughs> I like Danny. I like Danny Jansen a lot. I am pretty high on Danny Jansen. I think personally, um, I think he could. We can easily see him in like the bottom part of this list next year. He really um, hit in the minors and he frames. Yeah, exactly. So if he decides to come up to the bigs and he wants to hit well in the big leagues. I think he can easily be, like, he can be on this list next season. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think I ranked Danny Jansen somewhere on my list. I think I, think I had him in there, 14. I had him at 14, I think. Do you not just and have the list up? I do not. I didn't want to have that many tabs open. That's fair. Reasonable. <laughs> All right, and the last guy I'm going to talk about is Jonah Heim, who led – well, he didn't lead. He was second in StatCast framing last year. He is not a good hitter. He's really not. But it's the Rangers. It's the Rangers. He's going to get a lot of playing time. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to frame. He could end up making the top 10 through some, if he gets a lot of Babbitt luck or something. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Like, I mean, I think... Eight to ten on the on this list easily could be completely different. Like, um, I would love to see Stallings just kind of like flourish in Miami and end up yes. climbing the list. Mm -hmm. But I think, I mean, at least there's at least two wide open spots in this list as far as I'm concerned. Like maybe even three, but I think next season, this next season, we should get a a very telling season from a lot of young catchers or newer catchers. And we'll see what happens as far as, you know, this kind of like second or tier of catchers goes. That's a good call. Ethan, anything you want to add? I'm pretty much right in line with Diego. All right. Don't get used to it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not a, well, not a bad that'll do it for today. If anyone is watching this instead of listening to it as a podcast, you can see the links to our socials crawling across the bottom of the screen. It's diamonddigest.com. The Twitter is at diamond underscore, underscore digest. The Instagram is diamond.digest. So, consistency. <laughs> for Ethan Fisher, Diego Franco Carino. I'm Sean Huff. Thank you for watching or listening to us today. If you have any criticisms you'd like to level to us about our list, if you want to defend Salvador Perez for some ungodly reason, <laughs> or, if you, or if you want to tell us your own list, you can find us all on Twitter. And our Twitter handles have been on the screen much of this time. Until our next installment, be well, continue to read Diamond Digest, and 
before you slander us, please, I encourage all of you, make your own <laughs> lists. That'll do it for today. Goodbye, everyone, and thank you for listening. Till day's coming.